it's time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Good to have you with us this November 30th, 2023. I am Jason Page, back after a day off on Wednesday. Sammy Arnell coming up in a bit. Odds and ends, a Thursday night NFL preview, all of that good stuff. Tiger Woods is playing golf. I don't know how I'm doing a show today when Tiger Woods is playing golf. Uh, But we start things out in the NBA, and there is a lot of news coming from the association. Not all of it good, especially if your name is Josh Giddy right now. Um, We'll get into that story. Obviously, some videos, photos, speculation about a relationship with somebody that's underage. None of it looks good. The coverage of it has been interesting as well. And some people are responding to the way it's being covered as opposed to other stories involving other players of different races. Let's just say that. Uh, We'll get into all of that as well. Uh, Zion Williamson playing great basketball. Here to discuss it all, our good friend Kurt Heelan is on the program uh, to talk with us. And start with the giddy stuff. I mean, the NBA is investigating. The Thunder are saying, hey, we're going to let the investigation play out. Are you surprised, given the information that's out there in the public domain, that they're still allowing him to play right now, Kurt? a good look for him it's not a good look for uh like the nba right like the whole pr thing isn't it's troubling but the cba requires the nba to let the legal like the legal stuff has to play out you can't punish a gay innocent until proven guilty kind of thing um it, it is why you've got uh miles playing down in in miles bridges playing for the the hornets right now when he absolutely should not be Giddy probably should be sat down. What's weird about this situation and writing about it and I, is that unlike some other situations that have come up right now, there's not – it's an underage person, so we're careful about – I want to be real – I'm careful about – and we, I mean, you are too. I'm, I'm not going to – we're not naming names. I'm not putting no. up pictures. But the family reportedly isn't cooperating with the investigation, which makes it really a difficult – Hey, on social media, somebody said this kind of thing. Well, okay, but evidence, as opposed to some of the cases like Bridges, where there's, there's actually a mountain of evidence. And so it's been tricky because I, it's a bad look. I'm, I'm not judge and jury. I don't know whether what, what happened there, but it's going to be, especially, look, just having covered this stuff before uh, in, a, in a previous life as a court reporter, like if – if the victim isn't coming forward, it's really tough to – it's going to be tough for the NBA or or the Newport Beach police to prove much of anything. Uh, for people that don't know the Mile Bridges story, just just tell people real quick because there might be oh, people out there that don't know the Mile yeah, Bridges story. Uh, he is one of the domestic abuse cases that's, that's come forward. Um, in his case, his um, girlfriend, the mother of his children, came forward – Went to, not only went to the police, like went to the hospital. There is she came forward, put it all out on Instagram with pictures, like the pictures of the bruising, pictures of uh, the uh, doctor's reports. She came forward with a mountain of evidence. He ended up after missing most of last year. He pled no contest, which is for people who don't spend time in the courts. It's a way of saying I'm guilty, but I'm not going to admit my guilt because if I do, I could face civil repercussions, right. civil suit repercussions. So. 
it's a very different situation than Giddy, who has clammed up. The uh, the Thunder aren't talking. Nobody's talking. And so it's a lot of online speculation, but not not I'm, I'm, I haven't seen evidence you could take to a court of law yet. Some people are saying, well, gosh, this league and the Nets went after Kyrie Irving and they put this guy on ice for all this time for for saying this and that and the Josh Giddy story isn't being treated the same way. How would you respond to people that say it's not being treated the same way? Because to me, the Kyrie Irving thing, it was all out there. Yeah, All the information was there to make a decision on how you wanted to treat it versus right. Josh Giddy right now, which is, you know, some bits and pieces of information that don't look good, granted, but no. are still just bits and pieces of information. It's just that. It's, I'm leading it, the witness, I know. Yeah, you, you, yeah, objection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leading the witness. Um, but you, I think you're correct. In the case of, of Kyrie Irving, it was his own social media accounts and his own comments that started this process for him. Uh, in the case of, like I, I mentioned, Bridges, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., like, um, in, in, and who is not in the league at this point, but his whole situation earlier this year, again, police were involved. There were cr- police reports. There was evidence of an event. Um, that's just the, there's not in this case. There is no criminal proceeding. It's an investigation. And so, I think that what's different is how this would have been handled if we were talking about politicians. It's it's really easy to nail George Santos with stuff because he wasn't exactly subtle about how he handled things. <laughs> where um, allegations against other other ball politicians just become harder to prove because they're smarter or better about covering their tracks. There's just no. I, I wish there was more. I wish that I could write something more, but there's just. Because it's troubling and it's not a good look. Uh, he's about to lose a major advertising oh, sure. and, uh, thing in, in that he's got back in his native Australia um, for a cereal that, frankly, sounds gross, but but people apparently eat. Um, <laughs> that said, is it Vegemite I, sandwiches or what? What, what um, do we got? Wheat mix, wheat Vegemite, mix, something like that. Vegemite um, cereal. Um, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, right. uh, it, I don't. He's going to face some repercussions, but I don't think it's going to be that severe unless there's. Unless evidence comes forward somehow, and it sounds like if the if the witness isn't cooperating in these kind of cases, just again, I can tell. I don't know how many back in the day when I was a court reporter, I can't tell you, Jason, how many prosecutors I talked to who were frustrated in minor or defense um, domestic violence cases. Yeah, it's it's just tough to prove if in these situations sometimes, even if you know it happened. All right, let's get into some stuff uh, on the court and and. I can't believe that it's kind of flown under the radar for me, but I looked up today and the Orlando Magic are 13 and 5. Now, if you remember on this show for the last year, I have been talking up the virtues of the Orlando Magic and feeling like it was a team on the come watching them last year. Now, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I love Bull Bull, but when you looked at this roster, we always thought it was it was on the precipice of being a good team. We thought that maybe they needed some veterans and guys like that. All of a sudden, you look at the Magic. They're thirteen and five through the first eighteen games, which is damn near a quarter of the season. It's a pretty healthy sample size, Kurt. They're legitimate, legitimately good, and I think that they have a real shot at a top six. Don't have to fight through the play-in type of seed in the East. Like they're going to, uh, are they going to, uh, are they going to maintain their fifty-nine win pace? Yeah, 
no, that's not going to happen. But um, what's real for them, Jason, is that they have, I, I didn't look this morning, but top three defense in the league minimum, if not the best defense in the NBA right now. That's real. That's not going anywhere. They roll out good defenders and their bad defenders, which were included star Paolo Bancaro, he got better. He's just, he's worked on that end. And so their defense is rock solid. With that, the fact that their offense is a little turnover prone and they could use more shooting and a bunch of other things, you can cover, right? Like you can just cover up and stay in games because of your defense. So I, they're legitimate and they, and they are banking wins right now. Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, Zion Williamson starting to play, starting to play yeah. well. Uh, yeah, and, and what amazes me, I was watching some highlights last night. The guy just gets to his spots so easily, yeah. whether it's with the basketball in his hand or with with or without the ball. He just finds his spots on the floor, doing some things on the offensive glass as well. Look, when he's healthy, this is why we love to see him on the floor. And he didn't look to start the season explosive like he used to. I'm not sure eye test wise he's as explosive as he was when he a couple of years ago or back at Duke when you know he was breaking shoes. Um but he is I mean he's played in what I think 15 of 19 games or whatever they're at now. He's played in the majority of their games. He stayed healthy. He's buying into the health routine, which is something that comes with maturity in his case, I think. Um even if he's lost a little of that explosiveness, you mentioned it, he is so physically strong, you can't stop him from just bowling through. He was. It still feels like shooting. to me, Kurt. It still feels like to me. You're saying he looks like he's lost a little. Maybe he has. To me, I still feel like there's times I'm watching him and he like hits the turbo button and all of a sudden he goes from here to here real fast. Yeah. And it's that move that you're just like, it, it almost looks like a video game move. It's that good. Yeah, and he didn't have that early in the season, and it's shown the last couple of weeks, give or take. Like, you've started to see the that level there. And, like, he was 11 of 12 shooting for 33 points last night. 10 of those shots were in the – he was 10 of 10 in the restricted area. He just He's going to get to the basket. He's going to score there. You're not strong enough to stop him, or, or unless you just hack him so bad that you're sending him to the line – if he can keep that, I mean, if I fully believe that like, that's his game, that he can absolutely keep that up for an extended period of time. And now with they get CJ McCollum back and guys start figuring out how to play off that, I don't know if he can ultimately play with Brandon Ingram long-term, but you get CJ McCollum back. Eventually they get, they miss Trey Murphy, something fierce, like just shooting and defense. They get him back and suddenly a team that kind of started out, meh, is, I don't want to say a threat, but like they're a team that could, could get healthy and get right and, and start to be a problem in the West. We're another week or so into the Harden Clippers experience. Are you feeling any better? They've been able to put together some wins. How do yeah. you feel now versus a week or so ago? You know, I know that they won last night, but I was there Monday night. Was it Monday night? Tuesday night? Whatever night that they just, Monday night, they got destroyed um, at home and all the warts came out and I just still think some of that's there. They're working through it, but, um, and that was a nice win in Sacramento. And they, and they, I guess it was against Denver when they were against a Nuggets team without Jokic, without Murray, and, and still just kind of got handled. I still think push comes to shove. I'm not sold. Um, they're better. They're starting to figure it out. Westbrook made the sacrifice, went to the bench and they look a lot better with Trey man and the uh, Trey man. Um, 
with uh, Terrence Mann in wrong man, sorry, Terrence Mann in the in the front in the starting five. Um, I'm still not sure. Look, here's the thing: to me, Jason, if you watch them, they're still playing next to each other. Like, all right, I'm, Harden's going to go, and he's a great passer, and he makes some. He does make some passes, but you, the second unit comes in, and Westbrook's running it, and they're just faster. Like mm. all of a sudden, you're like, oh, look, the tempo picked up. That's good. And there's Daniel Thies, German kid, German system, yeah, uh, yep. cutting off the ball to the rim and getting rewarded for it because nobody else on this team cuts. And they're like, it's just so much next to each other isolation playing right now that I think that they're limited. As great as Kawhi is, as good as those guys can be, if, until they play with a, with each other more, it's just not there. The ball movement isn't there. Uh, Dallas got off to the hot start. They're 11-6 and six now. I want you to uh, react to this interesting exchange. Tim McMahon from ESPN and Jason Kidd uh, after game the other night, kind of going back and forth on the realities of Kyrie and Luka this year versus last year. Uh, I want you to, to kind of take a listen. Situations were a struggle. Uh, what, this year you guys are among the best in the league in those situations. What have you seen the difference in the dynamic, you know, specifically with uh, Luka and Kyrie, games um i think maybe tim maybe it's the things that you guys thought should have happened day one is that they should be successful right off the bat um and it takes time failing is all right it's not a bad thing to fail um for a pro athlete because you can get better and learn from it and those two are the best in the world and we feel very comfortable with those two having the ball sometimes it goes in sometimes it doesn't um, but we learn from it and I think they've answered that question um, from day one um, as you just mentioned they're one of the best if not the best in clutch time but that was a big big thing you guys wanted to make a big deal about last year but you're not making a big deal about it this year because it's going good right so write some positive I just asked you a question. And I'm giving you a f- answer. <laughs> like, I'm t- you guys, you know, there's all right to write positive stuff. People will read your positive f- <laughs> You don't always have to be negative, right? Like, it's, it's just the world's already negative enough, right? So let's see some positive stuff on some positive people that are playing, doing their job on a nightly basis. Making it a lot easier to do that this year. Well, we're only into this year. We can't go back to last year, right? Like, that's the f- problem. Have a good night. Wow. I never heard it, does that he have a point? Through. Does he have a point? Jason, you're in this business too. God, I, I wish positive stories sold and drew the eyeballs that negative <laughs> stories did. I, I really um, I really wish they did, but they, they tend not to. Um, I think that Look, there, there's a there's a history there with with Kid and McMahon that goes back, so that's part of it. But I think that there is a frustration, and he's not alone. Uh, there's frustration with why are you guys only doing why are you guys drumming this up now that we look bad. You know, well, last year when this didn't fit in Dallas, and then they're, I, I yeah, they were talking about the clutch numbers. They are the league's best team in the clutch this year, or one of them. I forget what they were seven and one. They might be eight and one now in the clutch, whatever the numbers are. Um, and, you know, in those kind of games, uh, Luca's playing at an MVP level, but it's hard sometimes. Like it's just, 
if you just write happy, <laughs> nobody it does it doesn't get read the same way. So I, I get, I get why kids frustrated. And I think you've got to throw positive stuff at like, we just were talking about Orlando when somebody's doing something right, man, say they're doing something right. Like in Orlando's doing something right. Dallas right now in the clutch is doing something right. I don't, you know, I mean, it depends on where you want to, what are your expectations for them? If it's to be top six and make the playoffs, then they're having a pretty good season. Maybe make maybe win around. If your expectations are higher, yeah. And Kurt, they're still not good. They're still a disaster defensively. They're giving oh, up yeah. 118 points a game. I mean, that, I mean, and, come on. Yeah, and I was talking with somebody this morning, and they're like, playoff chances for them. I'm like, I love Derek Lively, but if your goal, if you're starting a rookie at center in the playoffs and saying, hey, he's going to anchor us, no, he's not. No, it just takes too long to learn how to, like, you have to learn how to do that. This team's going to have to learn. There's going to be, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs with Luca and Kyrie in close games late. Like they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs, but I can't see them really being a threat just because there's not enough shooting. There's not enough defense. The defense will catch them, but much like, much like Sacramento last year. Great story. So much fun. We knew where it was headed. Kurt Hillen, Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com. He does a terrific job over there. Check out his work. Kurt, always appreciate it, my friend. Be well. Take care. Sammy Arnell joins us on the other side. The Sports Wrap just getting started on this Thursday. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the show, back after a day off yesterday. Thank you to Kurt Heelan for hanging out with us. Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com is his jam. Check out his work there. Odds and ends, we'll get into Tiger Woods. Coming up in about 15, we'll get into the Thursday night football game. Actually, a pretty good one tonight, Seahawks and Cowboys. It's an important game for both teams. Uh, Sammy Arnell and I will discuss that. Speaking of Sammy Arnell, there he is in his jailhouse stripes. Hanging out with us today. Is that is that your jailhouse outfit? Are you going to the Pope? No, normally I go with, uh, so I, uh, I'll expose my own closet here. I have this same shirt in navy and pink. Mm. And normally I wear the pink on Wednesday just... Yeah. Uh, just you know, as the old as the old movie adage says, on Wednesdays we wear pink. But um, <laughs> I, gosh, I'm just exposed myself left and right on the program. Pink shirt wasn't clean today. Had to rock the blue, so we went with the blue today. Blue stripes instead of the pink. That was the outfit decision, and then the hat because just wasn't a great hair day at the office. All right, fair enough. Uh, I just wish I had hair. Um, let's talk a little bit about some, some NFL stories. We'll do the Thursday night football game coming up in a bit. Uh, but a few big NFL stories as we get into this Thursday, uh, Joe Flacco is QB two in Cleveland for the Browns. It looks like he could start this weekend. And if you listen to the show or watch the show on Tuesday, I made it very clear. If Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback for this team, I, I, I don't know if there is a ceiling. I don't think there is a definitive ceiling for this Browns team if Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback. Maybe I'm putting too much faith in him. I know you think I am. Uh, but what do you make of the fact that that Flacco has moved into that QB2 spot? 
Uh, Not as excited as me. Yeah, it's like, I think there were better options. I do. I think there were better options out there than than Joe Flacco. Going to the booth and getting Matt Ryan. Oh, there's a reason Matt Ryan is in the booth and Joe Flacco was sitting at home waiting for somebody to call because Matt Ryan's done. His arm is shredded wheat. He's got nothing left. Or there's a reason that Joe Flacco isn't in the booth, and that's because he can't manage a game as well as Matt Ryan, and that's why Matt Ryan got a TV deal no. because he oh. can understand the game better and read defenses better. Flacco doesn't I, at the like end of the, the day, media. At the end of the day, I don't think that a 40-whatever-year-old quarterback who starts as your starter in Week 13 is going to take you to the playoffs no matter what your record was before. Uh, and, yeah... I, this is not going to go well for Cleveland. It's just, There's no way this goes well for the Browns. I just don't see it happening. I disagree. Cleveland plus 6,000, by the way, uh, to win the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, rightfully so. Plus 6,000 uh, to win the Super Bowl, plus 2,400 to come out of the AFC. Interesting. Plus 550 to win the AFC North, not along with happen. the Steelers. Uh, the Ravens at minus three hundred. What are they? A game behind the Ravens? Two games? What are they? Two back? Are they two back? Two, two back. I two believe. Back. I, I don't have the standings immediately in front of me. I'll pull them up. But yeah, I got them in front of me here. It's uh, let's see. They are set. No, they're a game back. They're seven and four. Baltimore's nine and three. Plus five fifty on the Browns. Not a terrible proposition. Now we've seen we've seen what happens to the Ravens late in the season. I don't know. Uh, Cleveland has the Rams, Jaguars, Bears over the next three. Those three winnable games. Ravens have the tiebreaker over the Browns. Yeah. That's why their number's so high. Right now, yeah, they do. I was like, a game back, that that number doesn't make sense at all then. But then I realized they it's really two, two games, games though, back. But they've split, they've split the two matchups. Yeah, but the Ravens have the better point differential on the road. Both teams won as the away team, and the Ravens won 28-3, and the Browns won 33-31. I wouldn't count. I'd still, it's not a, 10 bucks. You 10 think bucks? the Browns finish a whole game better than the Baltimore Ravens, who... The only hard team that the that the Ravens really still have to play is the 49ers. That's the uh, only Ravens hard remaining game the Ravens, schedule, Ravens remaining schedule Rams, Jaguars, that that's in Duval at the Niners. I mean they could they could lose two of the next 3 easily. Home for the Dolphins, home for the home for the, the next five. Home for the Dolphins and then a huge game to finish the season with the Steelers. I mean, now granted, There's, they're gonna they're and they're probably only gonna they're, they're gonna be underdogs in two of those games. You think they're gonna be underdogs on the road in Jacksonville? Yeah, I think they will be small underdogs in Jacksonville. I bet you I'm right. I bet you I'm right. Uh, well, we can find out I about bet this. You, I, this bet is... I bet you I'm right. Bet you they're, I bet you they are small underdogs at Jacksonville. I could see it either way. Oh, now but... you're waffling. You're vacillating. No, no, what it feels I like. could. I'm going to take the Ravens no matter what. If it's a small number, you're giving me the Ravens in that game. It is, let's see here, week 13? Is that a week 13 game? It's a week 14. No, no, it's week 15. Uh, see, I only have 13 and 14 in front of me. 
Me too. Yeah. I only got we I only got 13 and 14 in front of me. But if to give you an, any indication, the Browns are plus three and a half at home against Jacksonville right now in week 14. So it's kind of it's kind of it'll be close. It'll be close. Might be yeah, a pick. I think the Ravens laid a point and a half, two and a it half might, points. You in might that be game. you might be right. It's, it's close. It's it's certainly close. Um, I'm putting the house on the Ravens in that one. I'll give it to you right now. I think a lot of people might. I think a lot of people might be with you on that. I think there. I think there might be a lot of smart money on uh, on the Ravens in that game. Uh, A warrant has been issued for the for the Bills Von Miller uh, for allegedly assaulting a pregnant woman. It's a disturbing story. It's a. I mean, when you think about Von Miller, the size of this guy. The strength of this guy? Massive. Dallas Police Department confirming the warrant. Local media, WFAA in Dallas, uh, is reporting on it. And apparently this all took place Wednesday, uh, 11 a.m. Central Time. Major disturbance call. And a preliminary investigation showed Miller and the woman got into a verbal argument. He allegedly assaulted her. (sighs) It's just a, it's just a bad story, and again, it's it's the sort of stuff we don't want to report on, but we have to, as it is, um, you know, sort of falls within our purview. Um, but look, you know a lot about the Bills organization. How do you think they're going to respond to this? Von Miller, should, I, whether it's the Bills, the NFL, the justice system, Von Miller should never play in another down of football in NFL in an NFL uniform. Uh, if this is true. Which it, you know, this is all alleged stuff. Sure. Uh, as Jason said. But if if any shred of it is is true, yeah, the dude should never set foot on an NFL field again. Like, that's just not conduct that should be acceptable in any job, anywhere, let alone a job where you're a public figure and there are millions and millions of people paying to watch you every single weekend for 21 weekends out of the year. I'll also go, Um, I'll be a little more cynical about this sort of thing. He's 34 years old. He's on the back nine of his career. And, and now you add this on top of it. It just provides all the ammunition in the world um, for nobody to ever really give him an opportunity to play again. So uh, regardless of how the whole justice system handles it and how it turns out. I mean, Ray Rice was basically barely on the other side of 30. We know about what happened with him and nobody ever put him on a football field again. It's kind of all you need to know, isn't it? So, 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 I mean, if it's true, it's good riddance, um, to, to, to Von Miller, um, Aaron Rodgers practicing for the jets only 11 weeks out, um, from surgery. We're doing this. We are we're, absolutely we're, we're, doing, we're doing this. this. We're absolutely doing it because he's Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets are still mathematically alive to do something. Um, so we have to do it. He was cleared for functional football activity, but not contact. That's what Robert Sala is saying, um, who said it's a progression in his rehab. Can the Jets... Here's the thing. Can they... Can they do enough over the next couple of weeks to make it viable for him to return. And I know no. you're shaking your head, but that's but that's the question they have to ask themselves as an organization. I, but, 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 what? 
What? What yeah. sick game are we playing here, Jason? They're rolling out Tim Boyle on a week-to-week basis, and we're really talking about if they could become contenders in the next 21 days, enough to the point to bring back Aaron Rodgers, who tore his Achilles. <clears throat> I don't believe any of it. It's all hokum. It's all smoke and mirrors. I, I'm so tired of this guy. I'm tired of this organization. I hate the Jets, and I hate Aaron Rodgers um, because of this. On Tuesday, when we were doing our show, I said that Aaron Rodgers was talking with Pat McAfee. He told McAfee his decision to return will be based on two factors, his health and the team standing in the playoff race. Um, And look, the Jets are 4-7 and seven right now. Come on. And Rodgers said he'd like the team to be alive. But again, that's, I mean, technically they're alive until they're officially eliminated. You could still theoretically, you know, make an argument for him to come back. I don't see it. Nobody's ever come back uh, from less than, uh, from this kind of, again, if you believe, and we haven't seen anything to say it's not true that he had a, a, a ruptured Achilles or torn Achilles, that nobody's ever done it in under five months. They're talking about December 24th for a potential return, which would be three and a half half months out from when this injury occurred. Now, again, they did do kind of an experimental surgery using this bridge method. So we have to take that into consideration when when we're discussing this story. And we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Be pretty remarkable if he came back and played this year. By the way, he turns forty on Saturday. 40. I don't care if they put freaking Thanos's rings in his heel. There's no way someone comes back from a torn Achilles in three and a half months. You don't, I don't know care if they that took though. Moon rocks You're not a and doctor. Injected them into him. I know you went to Hofstra, but you didn't go for for medical school. I mean, that's so- true. There is a great medical school there. I did not attend it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is let it has never happened with yes. a professional athlete well, why in can't history. He be the first, why can't he be the first? There was a time when a guy tore a ligament in his look. There was a time in baseball where if you tore the the ligament in your elbow, your career was over. Then they came up with this thing called Tommy John surgery. Voila! Now guys' careers are even better after Tommy John surgery. See Justin Verlander. Sometimes you know he could just be the case study for it. I'll give you a funny story. Real quick here, because we're running long. Um, I had an open compound fracture of my right tibia when I was 13 years old. Oh. Yeah. Bone oh. broke, popped right out of my leg. Oh. Um, oh. I you you know you know the walking boot you see people wearing? Sure. I was an experiment. I was one of the first people to have a walking boot. In oh, 1991, really? oh, I had nice. a walking boot air cast on my leg. Yale Sports Orthopedic in New Haven. Of course, Yale, one of the best medical places in the country. I was I wore an experimental boot that now you see everybody wearing. I was one of the first people to wear one. 13 years old. So, uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, all right. Of all the man. injuries I have these days, the, the shin is the one that has never given me a problem. So, uh, yeah, bone broke, popped right I, out of I'm, my leg. I am of the generation who grew up in school, mm-hmm. when Kevin Ware broke his leg during the NCAA tournament. Uh-huh. So I was watching that Ugh. in class 
And I have oh. not been the same since. Oh. I have not oh. been the same since. Yeah, uh, that's tough to see. Yeah, I, I remember the one when, uh, who was the guy that, Sean Livingston was a bad one. Oh. If you've never seen oh. the Sean Livingston injury, don't do it, look do it, it before if you If you're eat. like me, yeah. don't do it before. Look it see, I'm the kind of guy that if somebody says, you don't want to see it, I'm the first one to go look. Oh. I'm that guy. I want I want the, yeah. But I also watch the Saw movies, so it kind of explains oh, a lot. Yeah. I hate all that gore stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. Are you a wuss? Never me. Are you a wuss? I like, yeah, I like rom-coms. Oh, you're so cocked. I was going to say something, but I'll, I'll get crushed if I say it, so I'm not going to say it. Good choice. Good choice, Jason. I'm going to say it off the air instead. We're, we're coming back with a quick Thursday Night Football preview. Uh, it's Jason Page. Good to be with all of you. It's the sports wrap. Don't go anywhere. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. Odds and ends coming up in a few minutes. Tiger Woods is playing golf. Few things make me happier. Can lock myself in the studio all day and just watch Tiger Woods. Sammy Arnell hanging out with us as he does each and every day. Uh, Thursday night football, Sam. By the way, what are the what are the odds? Is there any odds out there on Tiger and how he's going to do uh, in this event? I gotta look. Yep, give me a sec. I'm I'm pulling it up here. Tiger right now to win the Hero World Challenge, sixty to one. Wow, how would you not take that? No, sixty to one. No, I'll send I'm you not, ten bucks right now. I'm not putting real American money on Charlie Woods's dad you, to win I a tournament. I will send you ten bucks right now. No, come no. on. Dude, the bookie that is Sam Yarnell is not accepting that bet. Come on. <sighs> ten bucks, Tiger Woods at sixty to one. Already one under on his round. Are you not doing that? Tiger Woods to be your first round leader, also 60 to 1. Oh my God. Here he is putting right now. Oh God. How did he miss that? It was so short. He's two back of the lead? No, nah, three back of the lead I think now. Three now. I think he just bogeyed. He just missed a short part. And this is a big tournament. You're looking at guys. You got. Oh, it's, a, it's an all star field. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, he's even. So he's got two birdies, two bogeys on his round. Uh, Look out. Here six. comes, I would go Max Homa, Jordan Spieth right now. Those guys have come out of the gate hot. If I'm going first round winner, Max Homa, Jordan Spieth, live number when we're recording this, plus 250, plus 330. Watch Matt Fitzpatrick. Minus three. Four to one. Mm, yeah. First round leader. Um. All right. We got a Thursday night football game, and it feels like for a change, we actually have a good Thursday night football game. Come on, Seattle no. and Dallas. Jason, Jason, Jason. 24 hours Three ago, times? I was on this program <laughs> calling the Seahawks a pretender. I believe you called them a pretender as well. Yes. Talking about how I'm tired of watching Geno Smith start real NFL games. We're going to find out Locke. if we're right. This is a huge game for both of these teams. If you're, Dallas, if you're Dallas and you want to be taken seriously, this is a game you have to win at home. And if you're Seattle and you still want to be in the conversation as a as a wild card team, it's a game you got to have. This there is a there should be some desperation out there 
tonight for both these teams, especially for Dallas. If you have any thought of still catching Philadelphia in the NFC East, you cannot lose this game. Yes. I don't think they have a chance, at, especially like Philadelphia. We might just give Philadelphia the one seed in the NFC right now. They, I, I know they're in the middle of their gauntlet and, and it's going to be tough for them over. I think they're halfway through or maybe they're two fifths of the way through. So I think they've got two or three more weeks of just mm. hellish games, but Philadelphia, man, they, they, they can win. They can win games and they can force other teams to lose games, I which mean, I know does not sound like it makes a ton of sense, but they're really good at doing it. And I think they're going to do it when they play the Cowboys. And I think they're going to do it on their way to the number one seed in the NFC. Jason. I'm going to tell you something. Seattle tonight. Uh, the Seahawks tonight are plus eight and a half. There's plus three sixty there. on get some nines. Plus price shop, price shop, price shop. We always advise you to do so. Uh, eight and a half on FanDuel Sportsbook, the unofficial sportsbook of the Sports Wrap with Jason Page. Unofficial because they don't pay us. We're hoping that's going to change though in January. Uh, no Se- free ads. No free ads. Uh, Seattle is plus eight and a half. Forty-seven and a half is the total. I'm going to tell you something. I I think I'm going to take Seattle. I know mm-hmm. it runs. It runs totally antithetical contradictory to everything we just said on Tuesday. But they've. this is a huge game for them. And I think you're going to see more desperation from Pete Carroll's team. And I think the Cowboys kind of play down a little bit tonight. This is one of those games I could see the Cowboys losing tonight. And I know they've been good at home. This is one of those games I could see them losing tonight. You touched on it there. Three words I use whenever betting on this team. Cowboys at home. Mm-hmm. You don't bet against the stars in Jerry World. That's all I know. So I'm taking the Cowboys. Like minus them at minus nine. Half? Really? Love them at minus eight and a half. Uh, give me both of them. Might even alt it over uh, minus 11. I could go. You could sell me that far down the river. Wow. Uh, in terms of the total, I, I don't really know. I could see this being a high or low scoring game. I lean to the over strictly because I'm leaning Dallas minus the nine or minus the eight and a half, depending on where you're doing your betting. Primetime uh, unders, primetime unders. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's a very realistic chance in my mind. This game ends 28 three. Like I, I really think it turns into a trouncing. Um, I, I also look for Dak Prescott to go over his passing prop of 280 and a half. 280 and a half is a lot. It is. It's a lot. But I think that the Seattle secondary is him. a little susceptible yeah, right now. Yeah, they like to play it safe, though. If they play it safe with Dak, I could see that number coming in under 280 and a half. And I think to the other side, I like Geno over 227 and a half. That's I, I was actually gonna lay the lump, lay the lumber on Gino to throw an interception at minus one sixty two, but it's a lot of juice on. It's not that. a bad. That's not a bad bet. It's not the the so Cowboys secondary them. has been good even without Trayvon Diggs, and he's made some bad decisions. I've been saying this for over a month now, watching his decision making, and he's gotten away with some bad decisions that should be picks. I, I think Gino to throw a pick is a good bet tonight. I may, and I do too. It's just tough for me to lay over a unit and a half to get a unit back. Um, I may 
throw a shekel here or there <laughs> on Cowboys defense anytime touchdown. Mm. Because realistically, I think there's a chance if Gino does throw a pick, it's somewhere in the 30 to 40 yard line. And you've got some athletic corners and members of the secondary on that Dallas side that could run it back. All right. Sammy Arnell, ladies and gentlemen, his picks for Thursday night football, my picks for Thursday night football. Sam, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We will see you tomorrow for Page versus the Prince. I'm coming with the winners tomorrow, Jason. No more Sam 2 and 2 Yarnell. All right. Sam Yarnell, ladies and gentlemen, stick around. We're coming back. A lot more to do on the show. Odds and ends, including Tiger Woods, who we were just talking about. I will pay some homage to Tiger. And I got to say something about uh, Deadspin and Karan Phillips. We'll get to that next. I'm Jason Page. Good to have you with us on the Sports Wrap on this Thursday. All right, Gens had to put the wraps on this baby for a Thursday. Don't forget tomorrow, Page versus the Prince, week 13 NFL picks. See how we fare. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure to do so. The Vodcast, it's all available on Spotify. And whatever podcasting places you get the audio version of the show, we're on all the different podcasting platforms, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, all of those places. But if you want to watch the show, uh, you could actually watch the show daily, uh, thanks to our friends over on Spotify as well. Watch it there, listen to it there, whatever is easiest for you. All right, uh, before we say goodbye, some odds and ends to finish out the show. A couple things I want to get to. One. Um, I guess it's the good and the ugly. Uh, This Karen Phillips thing that's going on. If you don't know the story, uh, Karen Phillips is a writer for Deadspin. It's been there for a while. Uh, Covers sports. But, and, and again, take this for what it is. It comes from a white guy. White privilege comes into this conversation all the time when we start to talk about these things. But there is a distinct way in which Karen Phillips covers sports, and most of it is through the prism of race. It's how he chooses to do his work. Deadspin has chosen to uh, publish his work that way, and and they've seemed very comfortable with the way he covers sports at the intersection um, of race. The problem with that approach is, if you don't have incredible oversight over what somebody is writing, enormous editorial work that goes into what somebody is writing for your publication. You could run into the problem that Deadspin is running into right now. And that is this. Over the weekend uh, at the Chiefs game, there was a young Chiefs fan, 9, 10 years old, something to that effect, um, who was wearing face paint. Red on one side, black on the other. Uh, And maybe it was, you know... The reason doesn't really matter. It was a it was a Chiefs fan, I believe. And he is somebody that actually comes from tribal descent. So before people say, well, that's offensive too, blah, blah, blah. He actually, he comes from Native American descent. Karen Phillips put out a piece basically chastising 
the fact that he thought the the boy was wearing blackface and that the NFL should come out and, and speak out against this kid who's wearing blackface. This is terrible. Until we realized the other half of his face was red and that this young man wasn't wearing blackface. He was wearing basically tribal colors and that there was nothing nefarious meant by this at all. And when you do things like this, you open yourself up to the possibility of major lawsuits. I mean, if this kid's family opts to go the route of suing Deadspin, they could put Deadspin out of business. So it's not just a, well, Karen Phillips did this and it could potentially be catastrophic for his career. Although I don't know if anybody's career is is dealt a catastrophic blow these days if you see the the people who remain on the air these days despite some of the things they say and do, which is another topic for another time. But Karen Phillips has not just put his own career in jeopardy or his own professional uh, credibility in jeopardy. He's put the livelihoods of everybody associated with Deadspin in jeopardy. You see, it's not just him. And it's not just this this young man that this, this forget young man, strike that, this boy who he chastised. It's the fallout from all of that. And in the case of Deadspin, this could be a real problem for them if this boy's family opts to go the legal route, which I wouldn't necessarily blame them for doing. So just keep an eye on that story. Uh, number two, Tiger Woods is playing this weekend. You heard me talking about it with Sam. There is no bigger needle mover still in sports. There is still no bigger needle mover today than Eldrick Tiger Woods. He's playing on Golf Channel on uh, this Thursday that we're doing the show. And I'll guarantee you the numbers bump will be enormous. And if he's playing this weekend and in contention, the number will be significant. Way more than you would see for any sort of PGA Tour event, exhibition, whatever you want to call the Hero Challenge in the month of December. Uh, Keep an eye on Tiger at the time we're taping this. Doing a good job in the early going. We'll see how he fares. It's a limited field. They play for four days. Uh, You get to play all four rounds regardless of your score. It'll be interesting to see how he comes through it physically. I I was talking about this with Kurt Heelan uh, off the air before we, we started the conversation today on the air. I talk about LeBron James and his freakish nature as an athlete. And we see what he's doing in what? His 22nd season. And his physical, his ability to still impose his will physically um, on an NBA game. Tiger Woods still physically at 47, having gone through all the numerous surgeries and operations he has. You ever play that game operation as a kid when you're like, and you hit something? Tiger Woods has literally been the real-life version of the game operation. To still do what he does and still be as physically imposing, he had a drive on the first hole today that outdrove everybody that had played the hole before him at 327 yards, his first drive, first tournament back. And you look at that and you say, why can't Tiger still win another major or two, even though he's 47 years old? If there is a guy I would not count out, to potentially still win another major, despite everything we've seen that would say to the contrary, 
It is Tiger Woods. I will never count the guy out. He is, alongside LeBron James, two of the most freakish athletes I've ever seen in my life. It sounds weird to say that about a golfer, but Tiger has sort of broken that stereotype uh, about golfers and athleticism. That's going to wrap it up for us today. Enjoy the Thursday night football game. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do so. Uh, Big news coming regarding the sports wrap. That's all I can tell you. Big news coming. I wish I could say more. It's going to do it for us. Thank you to Sammy Arnell. Kurt Heelan, Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com. We'll catch you back here on Friday. Page versus the Prince and a whole bunch more.